You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Judy. I'm sorry it's so late. Miss Carl. Oh, please. I'm Judy. I'm very sorry, but your suite has been released. What do you mean, released? Where exactly has it gone? <laughs> your account was in arrears. Clang, clang, clang with the trolley. Mama, please don't go to sleep now. No, no, no. Leave the other one. Zing, zing, zing. The kids need a home, Judy. I know what kids need. They need their mother. Can't have the world's greatest entertainer out here without a drink. Frank Sinatra's here. Frank is great, but he is no Judy Garland. I don't have a home. I can't even get a manager. London would offer you a lot of money. Talk of the town is desperate to do a deal with you. You're saying I have to leave my children if I want to make enough money to be with my children? I would very much like to stay. Judy? Have you seen Judy? There's an audience out there waiting to hear you sing. My mouth dry and it could fall apart. Listen to me. Judy! I can't. You'll be fine. On you go. What? Room service. I didn't order anything. There's a man under the trolley. <gasps> Surprise! Ricky! <laughs> You're gonna love me. The kids miss you and they also want to stay put. I'm coming back for them. You're not listening. I have someone I can rely on now. I'm gone. Do you have to be home for your mommy to put you to bed? Are you going to be all right? What if I can't do it again? Mama? Mama, are you there? Somewhere. You need to take better care of yourself. You understand? Everybody has their troubles. And I've had mine. I just want what everybody wants seem to have a harder time getting it. Do you take anything for depression? Four husbands. Didn't work. There's a man I... You won't forget me, will you? Promise you won't. Alright everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Judy and the story is as follows. 30 years after starring in The Wizard of Oz, beloved actress and singer Judy Garland arrives in London to perform sold out shows at the Talk of the Town nightclub. While there, she reminisces with friends and fans and begins a whirlwind romance with musician Mickey Deans, her soon-to-be fifth husband. The film is starring Renee Zellweger, Jesse Buckley, Finn Wittrock, Rufus Sewell, and Michael Gambon. It is directed by Rupert Gold, written by Tom Edge. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Lauren LaBagna. Hey, everybody. Hey, Lauren. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm just reminiscing off of I saw Judy last night, and that's all I could think about. I came home to my roommate, and she's like, what do you want to do? And I said, I just want to watch The Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's nice. Um, I, I know that it made me want to watch... Um, not Wizard of Oz. I kind of wanted to rewatch mm-hmm. Star is Born. Really? After I saw this. Yeah, absolutely. Even though, you know, long movie, but mm-hmm. still really, really great, obviously, for obvious reasons. And um, I I still love, I love that we're going to just talk about Judy Garland performances right now. But, I still love her so much in Judgment at Nuremberg. Ooh, interesting choice. Yeah, well, I, I just really like that movie, I guess. It's a good one. So that's probably why I, I really, really like her in that movie. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis is obviously Always. a huge favorite. Yeah. That one's uh, really excellent. Uh, Summerstock, I like that one. 
I've never seen the Harvey Girls. I haven't either, which is like weird because my grandma, like she's such like an Italian, like New York old lady. She loves the classics. And so like every time I would go over her house, like it would always be either Mimi and St. Louis, um, The Wizard of Oz. And then for some reason, um, Streetcar Named Desire, which is might be a little inappropriate for a small child. Yeah. But like, I've never seen that one either. But like Judy Garland just has that. It just has its place in my heart, and I think it has a place in all of our hearts, which I think why she just will, again, never be forgotten, which is why everyone's interested in this movie and wants to see it. I agree. I mean, she has, like, an iconic following of people who worship her still to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, A very, very tragic life as well. And one that I was a little worried that Judy was going to fully exploit in a very negative way. But when I saw the finished product and I was able to see the film at its world premiere at the Telluride Film Festival, um, the movie has uh, has some of that, yes. But it doesn't really, I don't think, linger on that so much. Like this movie is more, more so about her gifts as a performer and entertainer um, and less about, you know, harping on uh, the negative stuff. But I mean, that was definitely a part of it. Like, like I said, don't get me wrong. They don't shy away from it completely. But it's really about Renee. Oh yeah. At the end of the day, you are there. You're there to see Renee, and everyone who's making the film knows that their go- people are going to the theater to see Renee play Judy Garland. Yeah. Now, I guess that's like the ultimate question here, right? When talking about Judy, is how do we feel about Renee Zellweger playing Judy? Um, I will say that for the record, um, you know, he's not on the podcast, but Michael Schwartz, for instance, she he 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 thinks that she's great. Um, however, there's a bit of a caveat in the sense of like, you know, it doesn't really look like her, doesn't really sound like her. And that might all be true. The question is, does she capture the essence of her? Oh, I think she does 100%. There are times where obviously Renee Zellweger doesn't look like Judy Garland. And even though it does have really good, fantastic hair and makeup that they do to make her look as much as they can for her. Um, She still really does capture the body language and the essence of her. It's in those long shots where she she might not be talking, but she's just like looking at either the phone or the camera. She's like just slumping on the bed and she has just like those ticks that Judy Garland has that I remember seeing. And that's where I I see, you know, that chameleon like effect. It's she doesn't totally disappear as say Nicole Kidman as Virginia Woolf, for example, Mm-hmm. But she definitely has moments where I really do be like, oh, I really do see Judy Garland. I don't see her name anymore. So she definitely does have those moments for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that this is definitely not a what I would call maybe a transformative performance, mm-hmm. but definitely a comeback performance. And it's one that I feel like we've seen before in other movies. Um, but they're always great (laughs) you know and i don't mean that as a knock necessarily so i'm thinking of stuff like the iron lady with meryl streep or um my week with marilyn with michelle williams Mm -hmm. you know a movie where everything that's around the central performance is just merely kind of okay but it's that one lead performance that really elevates the movie and makes it worth watching and that's like my main question is you know how Where's the balance in it? Because, you know, at the end of the day, I want to have an enjoyable movie-going experience. I don't just want to see, you know, a really good performance in a subpar film. 
I want to mm-hmm. see an overall good film. So like that's my big take. That's my big like confliction or swaying with Judy because at the end of the day, it's an okay biopic. I've seen this type of formula hundreds of times. I'm going to see it a hundred more times because you know people just make biopics all the time. It's not going away. And there's definitely nothing really new here. And I just feel like with a character and with a person and with a persona that is Judy Garland, I kind of wanted the director, just the people behind it to give Judy something more because she just was something more. And the fact that it's just, you know, just a basic biopic is kind of is disappointing for me. But how good does the performance have to be to, you know, push that aside for me to be like, okay, I can let it slide because Renee Zellweger is just so good. I don't know if I could do that because it still is just, an, it's just mediocre really for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm with you on the fact that I think everything literally outside of Renee is either not that great or just average. Mm-hmm. Maybe the costumes, the costumes popped for me in this uh, at times. And I was like, wow, those are really, really good. You know? Uh, but other than that, I mean, I didn't. I like like the flashback sequences, for example. Wasn't the biggest fan of those, um, and I'm typically not in general when it comes to how flashbacks are used in movies. Yeah, especially for biopics. Yeah, especially you know. But I did think it was um, interesting how the produ- the production design changed. It looked like uh, they were using some different filters to capture a different look for the uh, flashback sequences so that they they looked a little bit more um saturated in terms of the color like they really like popped mm-hmm. they like did you get that feeling as well yeah and i understand the point of the flashbacks i remember i enjoyed the can can sequence where you know we're seeing young judy learn the steps to wizard of oz and we're seeing her actually perform and i understand the whole point of it is to learn how She's just been used her entire life and she doesn't know how to, she's just a performer and that's all she's ever done. And it's not her fault that she is this way. And she's, you know, being like, you know, a victim of the studio system. Would you argue that the movie, would you argue that the studio system took away her voice uh, to be herself and be an actual person outside of that performer persona? And this movie attempts to give that back to her? I don't. Or, or is the movie, or is the movie leaning too much into the performer aspect? I mean, I think that I think they really showcased more Judy Garland the performer and not Judy Garland the person. Because it is, yeah. it is just about her trying to. Yeah, she's trying to like make enough money to get back to her children and to her family. Right. But I mean, that's the driving conflict yeah, here. Absolutely. But it's just basically her performing, her getting her on that stage to perform, and then you see just the internal battle with her trying to like either have the confidence or her, but it's all about her trying to get people to like her as the performer. Right. She doesn't really open up as a person as Judy. And she does them sometimes with Mickey, but that's just so like at the second half of the movie where I'm just not that invested in that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Right. Of course. And I think, I think a big opportunity in this movie and one that I did not feel, but the movie clearly wanted me to feel while watching it was the relationship between her and not so much with Mickey Deans, but with uh, uh, Rosalind, uh, played by Jesse Buckley. Mm-hmm. I think the film really, really wanted us to be invested in their relationship that by the time we got to the third act, like it really meant something between the two of them. But I felt like they had zero chemistry and I never not once felt that. 
Yeah, and that's the whole thing of like we're seeing Judy as the performer, as the icon, as the persona, not the person, mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to see personally. I wanted to see, you know, her, not her struggle really, but just like who she was because back, you know, in the 60s and in the 30s, these stars put on this persona that was kind of cool about my week with Marilyn even though again it is just an average biopic but you did see the human side of Marilyn or at least what we thought was the human side of Marilyn from that book you know what I'm saying yeah yeah you know where I think the human side does come out a little bit in mixing that um realistic versus um stage persona Mm -hmm. uh the scenes that she has with uh the two fans of hers Two, yeah. the two, the two stands. <laughs> um, <laughs> the OG stands. Yeah, I mean, when she goes back to uh, their apartment, they're a, a very sweet, lovely gay couple, and uh, I mean, they just they love her. They just love her, and it, it's I, I, I really like how the film kind of just relaxes in that a little bit, and uh, takes a takes kind of a breath during that scene. They're, they're making her. What are they making her? They're making her like waffles or something. They, like, take her out. She, like, doesn't have anywhere to go. So she says, like, she wants to go out for dinner. But, like, you know, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. So they take her up to, I think, their flat and make eggs. But, like, one of the guys is just so, like, freaked out (laughs) that he doesn't, like, know what he's doing. And it turns into, like, nothing. But they're just chilling and having a good time. And I that, I think, is my favorite part of the film. And I think it's a perfect tribute to what Judy Garland met to specifically the gay men community. Mm-hmm. And obviously I can't speak because I'm not a gay man, but just what she represents for them back then and still today as, you know, one of the biggest like LGBT allies and what she represents for like their journey mirroring her journey is just, it was a really nice touch and it did just make me smile from ear to ear being like, okay, they get it. Yeah. Was just, it was a wonderful moment. I loved those two guys and the conversation that Judy had with, him was it was just it was great and it was a it was a breath of fresh air because i was like okay this is what i want to see i agree yeah I, th- I think in terms of having like a real human moment that was the scene that i uh connected with the most and i really uh got a lot of what the movie was trying to tell me about um her as a person and also like the emotional aspect of the film and uh, but i but i will say the movie for me i mean i think for a lot of people comes alive when she's on stage and she's on like when mm-hmm. she's on, she's on, and she just tears that stage up. And I'm—I don't mean just Judy Garland, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Uh, you know, we know that she can sing and dance from Chicago, and here at 50 years old, I mean, the, yeah, it's she's not dance. She's not like. It's obviously not as. Um, it's not. It's no Roxy Hart. I mean, she's not. No. Even, uh, yeah. But she's doing Judy Garland at age what 45 yeah and it's she's killing it it's awesome (laughs) it is really really great yeah i'm 21 i can't do that no god no i have trouble getting out of bed in the morning (laughs) you know absolutely not uh and of course i think that there is some stuff going on as well in terms of her singing voice i think that renee is uh changing some aspects of it to make herself sound a little bit more like uh judy or at least, uh, you know, changing the style up a little bit. Because I went back and I re-listened to her in Chicago. And uh, when you play back how she sounds here in Judy, it's totally different. No, Renee Zell- when Renee Zellweger is given a juicy part, she goes full force and she deep dives into it. She is a really phenomenal actor. I love her and everything she does. 
And I love seeing her have this, you know, chameleon-like effect. Because when you look at her filmography, I mean, we're just comparing, like, Judy and then Chicago and then Clemente and even, like, Bridget Jones's diary. The woman will transform physically and emotionally when it comes, even, like, with physically. Like, again, you said her voice, she will change. Not just her body, not just, like, her hair or stuff like that. She does go full throttle into it, which you got to give her respect. And she loves this craft so much. And you could just tell that she loves doing this and she is in for it. Again, like this is the only like major like best actress contender that I've seen thus far, but I will totally be okay with her winning. I would be ecstatic for her to get it. Yeah, I think that it would be uh, deserving uh, based on the performance alone. I wish it was for just a better overall movie, uh, but oh, yeah. we tend to get that a lot with these biopic wins, I feel like. Yeah, like I wouldn't be surprised if she was the sole nominee for this film. Oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. Wouldn't be surprised at all. And probably for a majority of award seasons, she's going to be the sole nominee. I could see, you know, hair and makeup getting in because that's it's a great part of the film. I don't know why, but I'm I'm less ah, I'm less strong on the hair and makeup for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I I guess maybe because to me it's uh, maybe too subtle, but. Uh, you know, there's a couple of party scenes where there's a lot of people involved, and I guess they do have to uh, do it on a lot of uh, a lot of individuals. So maybe I should be taking that into account or costumes? something. Yeah, see, like that's where I, my mind goes immediately. Like mm-hmm. I think of the costumes, and uh, I say to myself, you know, if they really, really like this movie, like a lot, uh, they'll go for it there and with her, um, because as a sole nominee. Typically speaking, and I don't mean this like necessarily all the time, but typically speaking, uh, sole nominee representations from their film are usually not the best when it comes to Oscar success. You typically need at least something else in there. Um, I think the last one that I can recall um, off the top of my head was uh, probably Julianne Moore for Still Alice. Maybe, yeah. I, I think so. Um, I should know this. I don't know why. I don't know this off the top of my head. Uh, but no, it probably is the most recent one. Yeah. But again, like Renee Zellberger, Judy Garland, I mean, sorry, Julianne Moore carried that movie. Like from start to finish, that was her, that was her movie. And from start to finish, this is Renee Zellweger's film. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you on that. And that's the draw here. That's what everybody's going to want to go see. And the performance is being raved across the board by so many people that it makes complete and total sense why somebody would, uh, you know, want to seek this movie out for that performance alone. The buzz on it is just incredibly huge. And I definitely think she does knock it out of the park, especially also, too, not just when she uh, is on stage and she performs, but also uh, in her scenes with... You know, we mentioned before the the two uh, gay fans uh, who really adore her, but mm-hmm. also, too, in scenes with uh, Finn Whitrock, uh, for example, who, I don't know, I, I, I think I think he's got as much charisma as a glass of water, in my opinion, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I didn't really find I him. I found some yeah. of those scenes just, like, it pushed the melodramatic soap opera sort right. of things, and I was like, okay, we really don't need to go there. Like, I don't think... If they were going to really talk about her relationship with Mickey, they either should have done it or should have not done it. I feel like it was kind of halfway there. Like, okay, let's put him in. Because mm-hmm. the movie is just like, you know, these six weeks of her life or however long the concert was. Right. 
and not much plot goes there. It's just her doing the concerts and then her having like conversations with the people in her life, which can like lead to like, okay, what are we going to do? Let's kind of put Mickey in here, which I understand. But again, it came really at like the back end of the film for me. And then at that, at that point, I just didn't care. And then yeah. for certain film, for certain sections, I found it to be just really over the top and into the melodramatic territory, which again, wasn't a fan of, I was like, okay, like, are we really going to have the angry husband, like throw the glass at the wife, like sort of plot hole here? Cause that's what happened. And I'm just not interested when that happens. Yeah. I, I think also just because once again, I don't think they have like great chemistry like i wasn't so bought Mm -hmm. into the high point of their romance together that when it inevitably uh kind of falls through which you know the minute you lay eyes on uh finn in this movie and uh you see how he's uh delivering this performance it's very heavily telegraphed that this is not going to work out (laughs) and so as a result it's just really hard for me to get like emotionally invested in those scenes between the two of them um you know, and I mean, he kind of just like shows up randomly. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just like, and this is what I mean when I say that everything outside of Renee just it, it either did an adequate job or it just didn't click at all for me. Renee has back pain for carrying this movie. <laughs> She's hospital. <laughs> I have to visit her in the hospital. I, I, I do like, you know, uh, anything that focuses on um, her just being a broken star trying to shine again, th- that's where the movie works. Yeah, because that's the thing. You, f- you like, as a fan, of that's the thing about Judy Garland, like, as a fan, because most of us are fans of her. She has that nostalgic childhood, like, part of our hearts, because, like, everyone's seen at least one of her films as a young person so when we see characters telling her how much they love her and how she needs to take care of herself and just make herself a better just physically better and how much she needs rest and how much that how can she not see how much love that she's put into the world we see ourselves in those characters and that's a very moving moment because if we could like talk to judy we would be like why i don't get how you just can't see that not only do people approve of you, we all love you. Yeah, and then sometimes, you know, you are aware of the love and the love is just not enough. Mm-hmm. And it's even more sad, you know? So uh, what I want to do now is I know we're talking a lot about uh, Renee and this and uh, the Oscar potential. We touched upon it already with a few categories. Um, I don't think that there is a question of whether or not she will get nominated for this. Yeah. I, I think it's a slam dunk nomination. The question is, is she going to win? And I can tell you this much right now. Looking at the best actress field, <laughs> I really think that her only competition right now is Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Okay. And Sersha Ronan for Little Women, which is unseen at the moment. And we don't know. And that's the only reason why I think she's in play. Otherwise, this is Renee's to lose. Yeah, right now, I'm. my dad has only bet like a few times over who's going to win the Oscars. And he'll bet it in like the summer. And the last time he bet in the summer was for Les Mis for Anne Hathaway. And he said, this woman's going to win an Oscar. And then mm-hmm. she ended up doing it. And he did it this summer for Renee Zellweger. 
So I'm very like, dad, if you do this, I'm going to kill you. But um, I think Renee is already playing the game, and I think she's really good at it. And again, this is a woman who got her first nomination on Bridget Jones's diary. The Academy loves her. So I could definitely see it happening. I think the Academy loves her. It would be a great comeback for her. Judging by what we've read and what you said, Matt, about Marriage Story and how it's, um, Scarlet is mainly like 40% of it. Mm-hmm. Renee is 100% of this. I don't, again, I haven't seen Marriage Story, so I can't really comment on how she is. But I really do see it being between Renee and Sir Ronan. Yeah, the only thing that I think that's holding Renee back is obviously the strength of the overall mm-hmm. film, which we've seen before um, is not sometimes a factor in these acting races. And then the other thing is uh, her being a past winner. But it was a while ago. It was almost 17 years ago. A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing that's holding me back, though, personally, because I just have this thing with uh, previous winners where I then can't really commit to a second win so quickly. I really, really need it to be like a steamroller performance like Francis McDormand was for three billboards in order to finally finally convince me that this is happening. Yeah, but uh, this would be Renee Zellweger's first best actress. Yes. Yeah, she won previously for Cold Mountain supporting. I think she deserves, you know, a best actress Oscar. But then, you know, the combination of Sir Sharon and Greta Gerwin again is such mm-hmm. a it's huge. And then something like Little Woman is huge, and then that role is huge. So I really see and that would be what Saoirse's fourth nomination. I believe so. And what, she's like 24, 25? Yep. So yeah, it's like Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Winslet level of records right there. So I really think it will come down to those two. I would put Scarlett Johansson number three just because the 40% of marriage story and then she's definitely going to say something between now and Oscar Sunday. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for, you know, the second shoe to drop. Yeah. And no, I, I get that, and I, I understand where you're coming from. I think I think having Renee in your number one slot right now is a smart move. And uh, I think as the race shakes out, let's see if she can maintain the momentum. I mean, having this film premiere at Telluride was very smart. Having it released this early in September, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like when she gets on stage and she's like, you won't forget about me now, will you? And it's like, that's the message of the movie. It's trying to uh, ask its audience. <laughs> <laughs> it literally said, like, no, I promise in the theater. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can remember and hopefully when voting uh, comes around, uh, we're able to mark her down because I definitely think it is a worthy uh, performance for sure. I... I'm just, like I said, I'm just hesitant because of the past win. Uh, that's all. I, I like to spread the wealth, you know? I get that. I respect that. So. All right. Any final thoughts on Judy? Anything that we didn't talk about that you want to mention? Um, no, like, I'm just, I, again, I'm very, I Judy's a mixed bag for me. I have to see it again to really, like, solidify how much I like it and how much I don't like it. I do love Renee Zellweger, and I know that I did go there for her, but I do overall want a good emotionally like fulfilling movie and I didn't get that I just got a normal biopic and I do think Judy Garland deserves something of a higher quality than what we got but I will say when they want some when they want the moments to hit you they do hit you so like it's not a perfect film it's not a horrible film it's somewhere in the middle and I think only time will tell for me where that does lie but I will but then you do have to like question how good of a performance 
needs to sell you on a subpar mediocre movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't like questioning that. Okay. All right. And everything I will say uh, before we go is, you know, Renee Zellweger took off um, between, I believe, 2010 and 2016. And she has been working since 2016. I think people are treating this like the first thing that she's done since she uh, came back from her break. Oh, yeah. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it is definitely the biggest thing. And it's definitely the thing that has centered around her the most and given her this most attention. And, you know, like like we said, it had a uh, release at Telluride. So there was a tribute there for her as well. And I'm sure there will be many, many other uh, parties uh, dedicated to her this season. Uh, I think she's also going to – I think she's really, really committed to the campaign as well. Oh, no, yeah. she's she's She knows how to play the game. Like she's already doing the interview. She's already doing the press junkets. She knows this, her story and she's going to sell it. And she she likes talking about her craft. Like That's the thing. She likes being an actor. And that's what I think will definitely help her. Mm-hmm. Actors love that. <laughs> she loves her craft. And again, to be, you know, a woman that's 50 who like had, you know, her, the really big highs and like got older and then it didn't happen. So to have this type of role and to like play Judy Garland at this moment in her life is an awesome role. We haven't seen Judy. We haven't seen the character of Judy Garland at this time in her life. And I think it's an important part of her life to show and to learn about if we want to talk about Judy Garland. Yeah. So I'm glad that this version of her is being shown. Absolutely. 100%. I'm really, really glad that we have this movie. I'm glad that it exists. I wish it was a little bit overall better, but uh, Renee Zellweger definitely makes it worth it in the end to check out. So with all that said, Lauren, what grade would you give Judy? I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Yeah. So it's a weak six, but like it's there. I've been going back and forth a little bit. Um, I think I'm at a five. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because I am teetering between a five and a six, and I have been for a little bit. Uh, my initial thought when I walked out was that it would be a five. Uh, funny side story really quick. I saw this uh, movie super late. I think it was like an 11 o'clock showing or something like that. Yeesh. And uh, the AC was turned on really, really high in the theater. And I was wearing, I think, uh, shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> nice. And so the entire movie, um, especially as we got towards the end, I wanted nothing more than to get out of the theater and just run uh, for heat and warmth. And so I wonder how much that affected my experience watching Judy. Oh, no, it definitely did. <laughs> yeah, totally. But at the same time, I, you know, I like the cold. So I, I, was, I still took my notes. I still I never got up not once during the film or anything like that. And I still did my thing. Uh, but. I do remember having this feeling of like, I hope this ends. I hope this ends. Can we get all my authority? <laughs> For the love of God, I need I need a blanket, something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, maybe take that into account here uh, when I say I'm giving the film a five out of 10. Um, it might be a six uh, overall. I, I think I will rewatch it again yeah. uh, just to be able to make that uh, choice. But for now, it's a five for me. I'm split down the middle on not really being too ecstatic about the movie itself, but being very ecstatic about Renee and what she's doing and landing somewhere in the middle as a result. Yeah. I love when I love really strong actors and I always think she has been strong since the get go. And I love seeing them keep working as they get older, especially women and especially as women get older in Hollywood. Yeah. The fact that she has this role and she is, you know, milking out everything that she can from it. 
and proving to Hollywood, hey, I still got it and I'm still amazing and I'm still just as good, if not maybe even better mm-hmm. than when I was, is is great and I love seeing that and I think she deserves every accolade she's getting. I completely agree. I'm with you on this. I hope that she I hope she does very, very well. I think she will. I think I think she's got the Golden Globe especially yes. locked up. Depending on where they campaign her, of course. Where do you think they're gonna put her? Oh boy. Uh <laughs> uh it's not really a musical per se. There are musical sequences, so I think they might try to do what they did with a Star Wars Born um and Bohemian Rhapsody last year, and I think they might push her drama. I would agree, I would put her in drama. Yeah. Such I weird think categories. It, it it's oh, yeah. Globes. Pretty crazy. Alrighty, uh Lauren, where can they find you on the internet? You guys can find me on the Twitter at Lauren Lamango. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Judy here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. Rate us five stars. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. <laughs> and if you're feeling generous... Head on over to Patreon. $1 minimum a month will get you some exclusive podcast content. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.